Oh, yeah. that, that is that one. Yeah, it's not the last song. The last song is Bile Driver. But, oh right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you're right. It, but it's the one you were talking about earlier, where he starts with, "How many of you want me to come in your face?" Yeah, and, and that right there had me dying laughing, and like it's something I would say like at a party or something. Right. Uh, it's something like I say to my wife all the time, like, "How bad do you want me to come in your face, boo boo?" <laughs> <laughs> but. Welcome to Maniacal Music Musings, where we challenge each other to listen to a CD and pick our top five songs off of it. That's right. And we even give our reviews of both CDs. I'm Jeremy Bryant. I'm Chancey Greif. And we are the Maniacal Music Musers. And we are here this week with two very, very different, but very special albums. And... Since Chansey went first last week, I think this week we'll go to my CD first. And before I get into my love of it and my history of it, we're going to hear Chansey's review first. But the CD I brought to the table was Nightwish's second and newest CD, Endless Forms Most Beautiful. And... Uh... It is the epitome of their work, and that's all I'm gonna say about it for now. Till after Chancey gets done with his review and his top five of it, you should probably start with like everything you love about it because I just I I I I I think it'll it'll be best for the flow of the show if you tell me and everyone else why you love it. All right, I could I could dig that. So just trust me on this one, bro. Trust me on this one. We're not be about to tear Nightwish apart, I will swear to God. But, <laughs> but, <sighs> all right. So, basic history on Nightwish people. They started as a group in 1996, three or four of them, not as big as they got, but it's, they started out with a sit by with a singer named Tara Tununin. I, sorry, people, finish names. I'm going to destroy them probably. And it was her, Thomas, and a drummer and a bass player, basically. And they just, they started this band they wanted to start. And it was the most, like, even the beginning, their music was beautiful. But over time, the music changed completely from, like, style to style based on what singer was with the band. When Tara started out, it was, like, a more operatic real symphonic rock type of melody and it worked amazingly if you like opera if you don't like opera the first one couple cds will never work for you but we'll get to those eventually in this show don't worry about that and so they eventually just kept going and they eventually tara wanted to leave the band though to just go start her own solo performance which I love her solo work for the most part, and I've heard all her CDs, except for the newest one. So her, her solo work is definitely good. 
it's more popish too than her where you would think she would do solo with her opera singing but so in 2007 i believe it is annette olsen joined the band as the group's second singer and they did a couple cds with her i believe two yeah and she left the band to go do something else i'm not sure what exactly and that's when they got their current singer who started with endless forms most beautiful Oh, yeah, for Jansen. Yeah, for Jansen. And she, as someone who's seen her live, which we'll get into, but she's an amazing singer, a beautiful woman, but an amazing singer. And she basically had to learn all the band's previous music in like a weekend in time for the first concert she was doing. Because she was previously in a band called After Forever, which we may do some of their CDs too eventually because their CDs are amazing, but... She basically came from that, and she had to learn all their songs in like a weekend. It was a huge thing. I mean, Annette Olsen had to do the same thing because they both got replaced. Both the first two singers got replaced like when they were touring or about to start a tour for some reason. Damn. Yeah, just the way it happens in the music world. But And then they just, with Endless Forms Most Beautiful, the CD we're talking about this week, it's just from start to finish, it is an incredible piece of music art, basically. And I mean, it's one of the best CDs. It's definitely in my top five CDs of all time. It's just amazing. I re-listened to it today for the first time. And first of all, I listened to the whole CD in probably a year, if not months. I just, there's other music out there. And I just know that album so well, I could hear it in my head without playing it. But yeah, it's just one of my, one of the best bands ever. I saw them in Worcester, Massachusetts at the Palladium on St. Patrick's Day 2018 when they did the Decades World Tour, which was a Grace Hits album they did from everything from their oldest stuff to And the Forms Most Beautiful, like the Grace Hits from those CDs. And they went on tour for it, a world tour, and I finally got to see them in 2018. It was a dream come true to see them live. They are nice. ama- they are amazing live, which we'll get into later when we do our top fives, I'm sure. But Yeah. I mean, but they set records because they're they're finished. They're from Finland. And mm-hmm. they're actually the third best-selling music entity in Finland at this point. They've sold over 900,000 copies of their CDs. Like, that's just how good they are. And they've been that's inducted. really impressive. And they actually were inducted into the Finnish Music Hall of Fame in 2018. And they're only the 11th musical act to be put in there all together <clears throat> i mean yeah finland's a small country but still there's a lot of music without finland always finland oh, yeah. finland has a lot of artists that are huge in the world but <clears throat> i mean and they've also have been what was I, I mean endless forms most beautiful peaked i think on the u.s billboard charts is like 34 but and i think it was number four for like u.s billboard hard rock Right. But in countries like Finlandia and Czechoslovakia, 
it got to number one. Mm-hmm. Like in Europe, they are a huge <laughs> band. Like they are a big deal. Like I actually want to go visit Finland just to go like hear people talk about them in public. Because yeah. other than the fans I met at the concert, it's hard to find people who we've heard of Nightwish and who also love them. Like I've turned a lot of people into fans of them. And that's because most people I listen to, most people listen to them are just like, Oh my God, what is this euphoric mind orgasm of music? And that's the best way I put it is it's a mind orgasm of music, basically in my mind, but it's just such a good band. Everything they do is amazing. And plus they freaking got, a couple of CDs ago, they made Troy Donockley a official member, and he plays an instrument which I never even heard of before. The Ilion pipes. It's a, I believe, an Irish instrument, and it's, I mean, it's spelled. It you, looks kind of like a recorder. It it looks like what the. I want to say. Sit nuts, yeah, satyrs, the half goats, yeah, used to play yeah. in like in Greek mythology. I know what you're talking about. I saw that fella in one of them videos that you had me watch. Yeah, we'll get into those later, <laughs> I'm sure. But I mean, it's called U I L L E A N, and yeah, like it's a really yeah. it's a weird pipe. And I never heard of it till I start looking up to see what he's playing when he's playing an instrument. And, I love it. It's like a bagpipe, but more melodic, more like melodical. Like it's just so much softer and better than. I mean, I love bagpipes in music. I really do. But having to hear them constantly is just like it's just like can be very abrasive. Yeah, they can. But so yeah, this CD is one of the best CDs ever, and I'll get into the songs once I do my top five. But I want to hear Chance's review of the CD. Uh, okay. Before I start. Do you have any like emotional support animals or items or anything that you need to grab a hold of before I start my review? Just my vape, but that's right in my hand. So let's go. All right. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm not going to lie. Like the best part about this album was the fact that all the songs flowed together in a manner that you couldn't even tell what song you were listening to. And the fact that the last song is like 24 minutes. I had a very difficult time picking a top five. Uh, Obviously, one of like, like the my favorite song off of that album was definitely Greatest Show on Earth. Like, hands down. Mostly just because of how long it was, all the top, you know, the twists and the turns and the and everything, you know. I mean, all of it. It had it's like that one song basically had everything that album had to, you know, offer you. They, they've actually said in interviews that that song is the main piece of the album and that all the songs before it are like side performances compared to that song because it does bring them all together. It combines everything they talk about in every song into one song. And they did it before with a song called Poet and the Pendulum, which was in the first part of the 2000s music bracket on Bracket Bastards. Yeah, I and- remember that. 
Because that was part. I remember that being as part of my rant. All right, now I got to listen to your rant, you motherfucker. But Freddie actually voted for it because he liked it. I was like, something about a fucking pit in the pendulum or a poet in a pendulum. And then I was like, ding dong, motherfucker. Ed Gallon Poe called, said he wanted his fucking gimmick back. Mm, well, it's related to him. That's why it's called that. But I know, but I, I mean, I haven't heard, I didn't, I hadn't heard the song and then I hadn't. Well, uh, thankfully, Fre- Freddie fucking listened to it because I don't think Jamie or Q or Jess did. But because he voted for it because he was like, He's like, it's like fantasy and music. It's right. He's like, it's really good though. Like, he's like, it's, I mean, what a lot of people compare it to when they hear it is like, it's a movie soundtrack with words. Right. Which I love. I love hearing a heavy metal fucking guitar going off. And then you hear just like a full symphony orchestra in the next, for the next few seconds, then the guitar goes back in. I like uh, one of the jokes that I was going to make in regards to the band was that like it was almost like the lead singer got hit in the head and went into a coma and woke up and thought she was running James Dio's daughter because <laughs> of the whole mythical dragons and like every like I shouldn't say dragons, but like the mythical elements of the songs and and the, the doom metal vibe I got from it. I I I I I can't say that I hate it. I can't because I did get enjoyment from it. Like I was listening to it while I was playing Diablo, you know, just chill. Because usually that's how I have to I have to have something playing in the background when I'm playing that game, and then I just like listen to it and do the dang thing. And I was just kind of like, I was sitting there, and my roommate Vito was like what song are you on? And I was like, I don't know. I looked down to see how many I had left. I was like, I've only got like three songs left. He's like, damn. And we, I mean, that was when I noticed like how they literally flow together so well, you can't even tell. I mean, I can, but I listen to it on Apple Music, not Spotify, but I do have my songs. Oh, I like... did it on, I did it on YouTube Music. Uh, yeah. That's how, I, that's how I usually get my, my, uh, my music. But yeah, their songs do. I mean, they're meant to flow together. Each album they do is like a story, but they're meant to flow together to some degree. But I don't feel there's flow together as like as much as um, American Head Chargers did last week. Right. Like they don't flow together like that. Like they don't play instruments into each song. But, so my uh, my top five goes as follows. All right, I'm dying to hear this part. Number one, obviously, greatest show on earth. Number two. Weak fantasy. Number three, yours is an empty hope. Uh, four, um, I put title track because it's the title track of the album. And the swarm's most beautiful, yeah. And, yeah, and the swarm's most beautiful, yes. Uh, and then the last one for number five is the eyes of uh, Charbat Gula. Really? You like the instrumental that they were supposed to have lyrics in that song. I liked how it how it played with Greatest Show on Earth. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a good intro track. Which that's all they say for sure. That, that's all they say it is. Basically, it's, it's the intro track that separates all the side pieces from the rest of the CD to the Greatest Show on Earth. But, yeah, but yeah, and originally it was supposed to have lyrics, but they decided just to put like the children's choir into it and like the little bit of grunting and whatnot, but. Those 
the song creator. I'm glad who, to have surprised you on that because you you were genuinely shocked. You're like, hmm, you like that? I'll be damned. Well, they actually all shocked me, which I'll get to in a second. But hmm. but the eyes of Sherbot Gala. I actually was just. Yeah, I knew. I knew I fucked that up. <laughs> I, I may just fucked up. I don't fucking have it in front of me, so I don't know. But basically, basically, the lead singer, Tom, no, not lead singer, the songwriter Thomas, who's the guitar player, the lead guitar player. If you saw the video, he's the one who looks like the classic Norse alien-looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Which, if you go to a concert of these guys, like they had like their band work, like their what do you call them? Not not groupies, but roadies. They had their, they had their roadies basically just handing out like the free CD you got for getting, buying a ticket. And like, they all look the same. They all look like the same Finlandian white guy. <laughs> and I mean, it's cool in a way, but it's kind of trippy because you're like, are they aliens? But yeah, I mean, without explaining the good music, but anyway, they basically like, all the, and Thomas, who it's funny because when I saw them live, this girl was super drunk and she came up to me and she was just like, Oh my God, isn't Thomas so hot? I would do anything for him. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, I was just like, I was just like, Yeah, he ain't bad, I guess. And like the next thing I know, she goes over and starts making out with some guy I assume was her boyfriend. So I'm like, Okay, good for talking to you. All right. I'm gonna Which, hit this, the old dusty trail. This show was on St. Patrick's Day, so it was March. It was freezing out, and I was standing in line for like 45 minutes to waiting to get in. And luckily, there was this old couple, behind, not this old couple, this middle-aged couple behind me in their 40s and 50s. And like, we got to talking, and we got to talking about smoking weed. And the the wife says to the husband, oh, honey, don't you have that on you still? And he opens his inner jacket pocket and pulls out a fucking J. Nice. So the three of us are just sitting there fucking chilling, smoking, like waiting and lying in the freezing ass cold. Like I, everything I had on me was numb. My fingers, my toes, my balls and dick were numb. Like that's just how cold it was. But, and like, so we're smoking the the J and eventually they say, oh, you could finish it. And I smoked it with this guy on the other side of me for a little, like a minute or two. Cause he turned around when I was smoking. And I was like, yo, you want one? And right. Cause that's what you got to do. And that's, and they're at a concert. So exactly. Which we'll get into when we get to ICP someday, but but yeah, it was just an awesome concert. Like I didn't even get close to stage because I was like I was running late and I got so far back in line that like I had to stay at the top of the top of the arena basically and just stand with a bunch of other people because getting into the any of the lower sections was gonna be a fight and a half with the crowds that were in there. Cause Nightwish is loved in America now. When I first started listening to them in high school, they weren't really loved in America yet. Now they're loved in America because of the last three CDs. Like they did amazing jobs and they got world tours in america like started loving them but for a long time it was music no one heard of no one but the seat all right i'm gonna start with my number one just because it's the exact same as yours of course greatest show on earth oh yeah yeah which i did not listen to when endless forms was beautiful came out i would skip over it really because i didn't understand what it was i thought it was just like an instrumental track they did for 24 minutes Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was I because they did it, I think, on the album before where it was just like a track at the end that was all the music from every song on the sh- on the CD with the instrumental on one track. Like they cut it all down and combined it in one track, but it was just instrumental on that one. So I thought it was the same thing again. I was just like, okay, whatever. Bye bye. 
And then Decades came out, and the first song on the first CD of that greatest hits is The Greatest Show on Earth because they start at their newer stuff and they CDs go down to the oldest stuff. That's cool. So, I so like I, that idea. So I finally listened to the song, and it was just, I was awestruck. Just yeah. aw, aw for fucking real. struck. Yeah, dude, for real. That's that's exactly how I felt when I was listening to it. I was like, whoa. Because, I mean, the whole CD is inspired by Charles Darwin and Richard Dawkins, like two evolution, evolutionist workers. Yeah. Went to prove the evolution was real and prove all the aspects of it. I mean, and so the whole CD is about humanity. Like, this, to me, this CD is humanity's story. I mean, we'll get into this more when I get into my songs. That's for damn sure. But The Grand Show on Earth is just amazing because the way they go from, like, jungle noises, like a lion roaring and, like, apes grunting and whatnot to ancient Egyptian sounding music. And then they go on to, like, classical music from the Renaissance. And then, like, it just jumps back into the metal of it all. And it's just the right. guitar, the guitars jump in. And the keyboard jumps in. It's just like, oh, my God. It's mind-blowing. I mean, and there are, like, they play Baca in that song. And Enter Sandman by Metallica is in that song for a second. I didn't catch Enter Sandman, but I heard, I could hear the Bach. Yeah, see, I knew it was classical music, but I never knew who it was, so I looked it up one day. Because I was just like... I don't know the name of the piece that it was from, but... Bach had his own distinctive sound that it B- was just like it was B- it was BWV five six five. That's what it was called. Uh, Not that that means anything to anybody, I don't think, because I I know some of like Beethoven's music, but I songs because I don't know the rest. Like right. I'm, not, I'm not a classical music person. I just I enjoy it, but I can't. It's not gonna be. I'm not gonna be one of those people. Where it's the only thing I listen to. Right. I've, I've met those people. They're not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I was almost one of those people. <laughs> I was definitely almost one of those people, man. But yeah, like I started out with classic. Classical was the first music I ever listened to. Oh God, no, I didn't. But, but I mean, my my parents weren't into it at all either, though. That's part of the reason. But the greatest show on earth was just yes, the way amazing. they tra- they transcend through like the history of humanity in that song alone. And the way it goes from starting off slow with just the piano, the bam, 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 like it's just like a mi- and then like how it slowly gets like more metal and more metal, especially when like it switches from like lions to ancient Egypt to medieval, then it just jumps into that modern timeline. And the fact that like they say at the end of the song that we, I get to die, and I'm the lucky one be- because I get to die because I got to live. And there are so many possible people, possible people out there that could have lived, but didn't because they were never conceived. And that there could have been scientists greater than Newton and stuff, and just basically down that line of yeah. thought that like all these people could have existed but didn't because they weren't conceived, and or they ended up they they're basically saying like oh because these people ended up in a sock or in a condom, now they don't get to exist, and they could have been. The greatest minds Earth ever knew, and you don't know it. He basically says, I am human. I am nothing because I'm just one human. I have no control over anything. 
I mean, at least that's what it means to me. But all I know is that I know nothing. Mm-hmm. And they did the same thing in Poet and the Pendulum, kind of. But this one took it deep, which I was saying here today, actually, even though it happened like a year ago, that Marco Hightala, who was the lead singer of this group since like their third or fourth album, he's the guy in the video with the huge beard. Okay. But, yeah. But he actually has left the group and decided to go out of the public eye for a while because he's, I don't know if there's a story behind that or if he's just, I mean, he was born in 66, so he's got to be in his 60s now. So, and he did he did just win the Finland version of Mass Singer a couple years ago. Which I, oh, found, yeah. I, I found that interesting. But, but I mean, uh-huh. his, his voice is amazing. He's in another group called Northern, King, Northern Kings which I may put out their two CDs eventually for this podcast because yeah. it's three other singers like him from big European, big European metal bands. And they basically just redo old American songs. But the four of these guys singing the songs is unlike anything you ever heard. Like they, the one song they do is seals kissed by a rose. Oh, I love that song. Wait till you hear how four metal guys do it. And like m- melodical metal guys, not, Gore. Yeah, not not war screaming at the top of their voices like metal guys. Come on now. I'm just saying. <laughs> we'll get into that. I was gonna say I was if I if I was gonna go on something like that, I'd say like you know Cannibal Corpse or something if for screaming at the top of their lungs. All right, yeah, like, okay. There, there's definitely worse than war for that out there. Trust me, but for sure, man. <laughs> you can't be you can't be dogging on Guar. Guar is. The I mean, shy. that's the reason I'm not a Slayer fan. But what? I love Slayer. Slayer's so fucking awesome. Like, okay, I get it, dude. The guy, all he does is scream in the mic. I get it. I get it. But like, the riff to "Raining Blood." I that's the one song I like. There was like everybody else. The South of Heaven, fucking Seasons of the Abyss, fucking War Ensemble, Stain of Mind. Stain of Mind is one of my favorite songs. There's and it's such an easy guitar riff. It's just so. But we're digressing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're well, talking about war. Bring them up eventually, and you could let. Yeah, Slayer, I'll get, I got you. Yeah, we'll, you can. You we'll can, let Slayer have a stay in court. You, you could let Slayer rain blood on guests someday. <laughs> we'll see from a lacerated sky but yeah i mean great show on earth is just one of those songs that makes you think it makes you think so much and it's just a beautiful melody to go along with the thinking and when you see them live and they did that song during the decades towards how they closed the show they did a 24 minute song live yeah that... i mean and floor even left floor jansen the singer even left the stage like during a huge part of it where she has to, doesn't have to sing at all. And she actually right. left, the, she left the stage to go get a water or hit, right. hit a joint or whatever the fuck she does. But I mean, she just came and then she came back out right before her, her next part came on. But it's just amazing. They played it like the guitar player and the keyboard player were playing for 24 minutes straight. And yeah, it's just amazing because in that last part where like she's screaming, we were here. Which I love that it's all about all about like Native Americans and other Native cultures, like that they were here and like they need to be represented, that they were here and they existed and they need to have respect like they deserve to have. Yeah. So basically that just blows me away that and when they sing that live, <laughs> like before the before the last the last time she says it, she literally will be like, It's the last one, come on. And like 
they expect everybody in the audience to sing it too, which they do. And it's fucking mind blowing. Like the feeling you get of consciousness, like in that room. It's just, I it's, can understand what you're saying. It's, sure. some, it's something almost paranormal or extraordinary. It's shared consciousness by way of shared frequency, mental frequency. Basically, perhaps. basically. But I mean, that's just one of those concerts where there's no ill will. There's no people. There's even no mosh pits because they're not a mosh pit metal band. They're not that. Uh, they're not. A, yeah. For sure. Like all you see is just people bouncing up and down and just vibing to their music so well. And plus floor dances while she sings and she's gorgeous to look at while she dances. Like also valid. I mean, you saw her in the Elon video in both videos and she is a very good looking woman. She always has been. She's definitely a hottie. God, yes. But my number two was Alpen Glow. Because, okay. because once again, I love the course of we were here. Like we we were here, we were hunting out the darkest places. Like <laughs> it's literally about the Native Americans and Native cultures settling the earth by like going into the darkness and where there's no fire and just conquering it. And right. conquering their fears of what could be in it and just going in there and doing it. Like the, if they didn't do that, the world would never evolve to what it was today. But that song just speaks miles to me of just glory. And I I used to play that song over and over again because it was just a, such a good song. And of course, I love the laying in it, uh, Troy's instrument. I love it. I love that in it too. Any song he's been in, I always love to some degree because that instrument is just the most beautiful sounding thing on earth. And watching him play it live is freaking amazing. That's all he does is literally sit in a chair and play that, and it's just amazing. Plus, he's a cool-looking guy. I always thought he'd be cool to hang out with. But my number three is Elon, because that was the first music video they put out before the CD came out. And I watched it a thousand times, because I, at that point, I was a huge Nightwish fan, and I was dying for the new CD to come out with the new singer. And Elon was just an amazing song. I mean, it was a good song. It's basically, I mean, if you want, that's why I wanted you to watch the video because it basically shows the theme of the song, which is you can get everybody together. You just have to bring them to one place and they'll get along with each other. Like, like in the music video, for those who don't know what we're talking about, it's just basically each member of the band fighting somebody working hard or trying to live their lives and they bring them to a bar. They bring them to a bar and at the end, they're all gang along in the bar while the whole band plays in the bar. I mean, it's just, it's a simple video, but it's really good. And I like that. I like that each part, like highlights a different artist in the band. Like when Troy's part comes up in the video, he's, it's just him playing his laying, which is amazing. Like him, right. just sit, him just sitting there playing that. Like I would stop what I was doing too and be like, Hmm, what's this? But I love that song. It's just an amazing song. I like the idea of togetherness that everybody can just go to a bar and have a drink and get along. I always liked that idea. So that song just stuck out to me immediately when I heard it. And plus just her voice in that song is so incredible. I love her. I love all. She has a beautiful, she does have a beautiful voice. I mean, for, for not, for not liking it like over the top, 
I definitely have to say she has a very, very beautiful voice. She does. And I mean, every singer this band ever had, they all had, (laughs) they all had unique voices. Like Annette's was more like, uh, Flores was operatic. She can do opera singing like crazy, which you'll see eventually. And you might like those better. I don't know. Depends on your personality. If you like classical music, you might, but possibly. And you might like the themes a little better because the themes are more fantasy driven than these newer ones are. Like they do a song called Beauty and the Beast, where it's just basically the story we all know from Beauty and the Beast. Well, the original story, not the Disney fied one, but but they edit it out and they make and they they don't edit it out, but they just expand upon it and make it the lead singer sings about as the beast and Tara sings as beauty and it's amazing. Like it's one of my favorite songs ever because it defines my love life basically. But a hundred percent defines my love life. And I've actually sent that song to girls and said like, Oh, that's us. Yeah. And they're, and they're probably just like, you fucking creep. Why are you talking to me? But I, Uh, I, I stand by, I stand by, I don't give a fuck, but anyway, and yes, so Tara was operatic. Annette was like, she came around like 2006, seven when I first got into Nightwish, like big time. And yeah, she was more mainstream heavy metal sounding to, for the most part. And then Flora came in and she's, she was in another band that was symphonic metal. So she has the pure symphonic metal sound and it works perfectly with Nightwish. I consider her sound more of a their sound more of a doom metal than symphonic personally. I think that's just the theme of this album. That's not Do you that. think? Do you think so? You'll, okay, that's valid. That's valid. In a month or two or less, maybe you'll get you you're gonna be getting the next the CD before this one, and it's a different singer and it's a totally different theme, and they actually did a movie, and a lot a couple of the songs from the CD are in the movie they made. <laughs> You'll you'll we'll get to that eventually, but my fourth song was "Shutter Before the Beautiful," uh, the first song on the CD, and it's just I forget exactly the words they say in the beginning, but it's basically those who do not think they're beautiful have to shudder before the beautiful. But that song is just so good, like it's actually one of the first songs that the lead guitarist and the keyboard player have had a duel since like their second CD. Nice. I'm trying to think of that line. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I can't find what it fucking says, but (laughs) that's the gist of it. I mean, I can, it's fine. My my vision's not that great right now between the meat and the I fucking weed. I can fucking tell, bro. Can you? You had glasses and you had that cell phone like <sighs> two inches from your face. And that's like including the inch Dude, from your glasses. Meat, meat fucks you up. Oh, yeah. That meat. Isn't that a honey base? Yeah, it is. It's an amazing drink, but it's 14%. So 14%? Yeah. Really? You drink enough mead, you go fucking blind. But I mean, when I used to drink, I used to drink like bourbon. I was oh, a. Oh, it's stronger than bourbon. It'll fuck you up faster than bourbon. Will. What? I drink bourbon. 
mead will fuck you up faster because it's sweet and you down it and you don't realize it. Like it, it's like drinking juice with a little bit of alcohol in it. Like that's what it tastes like. I would that other than bourbon, I drink. I would drink Rumble Mints, but I would drink it in a glass with ice in it, and then I would have like a glass of something like a soda, like a Sprite or a Pepsi yeah. or whatever. And I'd socialize with people and wait for that ice to melt, and then just drink the whole glass of water because yeah. it's like it's like hundred proof ice water. Yeah. Hundred percent, but but yeah, Shutter Before the Beautiful is definitely my number four because it's just four. A, it's an amazing song, and it opens up the CD perfectly. But number five is a hundred percent my Walden, which is why I was so shocked by your picks because except for one, they were the opposite of my picks. And I, it's interesting because I noticed that as well. Like I picked the heavier, the ones that had the more palm muty, chuggy, like chicka 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 sound within them. And yeah, you picked the more melodic, like flowy. Well, I because that's that's why I know. Except, except greatest show, of course. I mean, well, I have also to say my honorable mentions are literally every other song on the CD that was on my top five. Because I <laughs> I do love this whole CD from start to finish. I can play the whole thing and not turn it off. Like, that's how, yeah. good, that's how good it is. But Weak Fantasy, like you said, that was your number two, I think. I, yeah. love, I love that song because that song's about religion. Oh, interesting. And that song's about, like, how religion is the weak fantasy because they think they can control all these people with it. But what happens when the people realize what's going on? Which has already started to happen for the last 50 years. Religions have been coming more and more out of favor in the last 50 years than ever. So they're basically commenting on the state of religion in the, in the world today. Like more and more people are realizing, I don't need to go pay a church to get religious. I, if I want to do it, I can do it at home. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's why I love that song. And that is just a bomb ass song as well yours is an empty hope is also an amazing fucking song yeah it is i mean i just don't like the way they do the chorus with like the drops for every word like yours is and like they don't have any like they just make it pure drops and no like continuing melody between the course and right. i just, that part always drove me a little nuts it is a good song though and our decades in the sun. It was actually hard for me not to put that in my top five. But really, because it makes me, it's about parents and it makes me think of my father who died five years ago. Because, like, the, even the opening line, like, father, I'll always be close to you. And I, like, I will remember you every time you leave, which was true for me as a child. Because every time my dad left the house, I would get like pissed off or sad. Right. And like I would go to work with him a lot of times, like when I was like on summer break or school breaks, because I just wanted to spend the day with him and I basically learned to run his business by the time I was eight years old. But that's just that was my brains and just me being there all the time. But right. And I drank coffee at eight years old on for that reason too. But <laughs> the things you learn <laughs> the, the things you learn when you go to a car dealership. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I love that song because it makes me think of him. And this CD came out. 
mm, before he died. The CD came out before he died, 2015. Yeah, 2015. So he it was two years before he died. So I never even thought of this song really. Uh, this song I used to, is actually the one I almost wanted to skip a lot of times. But yeah. after my, after my dad died and I listened to the CD, I was just like, it made me think of him every time. And I love that For they. Sure. I love it when the, I love their songs on any CD that go slow in the beginning. And then, like, pick up with a little bit of metal guitar in the middle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, like, the guitar drops in the middle of that song, like, and, like, she starts singing, like, harder and everything. Like, it's just a great... I love how they switch, like, styles. Like, I love that. To me, that's yeah. versatility in being an artist. And then Adima... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm fucking, like, my vision for you sharing now, which you're is fun. legally You're legally blind, Sarah. Oh, yeah. I, I would not get behind the wheel of the car right now if I had to. But Adima Rue is the last song that like just really sticks in my head and I think it's like the last song I didn't cover already but I love it because it's based on a book it's based on a book that I've never read but I like anything based on books and novels because it's usually a good idea for like a song and the I like I like that a lot of the song is in Finnish because they've done that before where they've done like a whole half a CD in Lapaland which is what they call the language yeah and they would just do a whole CD in their natural language. And it's gorgeous sounding. You don't know a word they're fucking saying, unless you speak the language. But it is gorgeous sounding. And I like that they use that in this song. And I just love Adima Rue. It's a good song. I honestly can't think of any lyrics right now, but it's just a good song. And, of course, your one that was on your list that surprised me the most was The Eyes of Shabak Gulu, which yeah. apparently they were touring in... I believe he's from Egypt, but wherever country Shabak Gulu is from. And Thomas, the songwriter, saw a statue of him. Or not a statue. He saw an, a magazine with Shabak Gulu's statue on the front. And the eyes drew him in so much that he wrote a song about it, basically. That's fucking awesome. It's a kick-ass fucking song, too. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, it was fucking awesome. For a song that has no lyrics... It has a for a song that's just purely melody is an amazing. Song. I like instru- I like I like certain instrumentals. Though. I mean, but it's not even instrumental really because on their it isn't yeah. on their on their deluxe album on Spotify, on Spotify there's every song as an instrumental with no voices at all. So, but the eyes of Shabbat Gala or Shabbat Golu, whoever pronounce it, it's just <laughs> I, I like I said I'm probably fucking it up too, but. I I I don't, I, don't, I don't even try to play like I could pronounce names from thousands of years ago and get it perfect, yeah, right. unless it's like some George Washington shit. But I mean, it's just amazing melody, and it leads right into the greatest showman on earth perfectly, like perfectly, yeah, like seamlessly. And I just I love this CD. This CD is one I can listen to any day of the week and not have to fucking like try to skip anything. And I can listen to it. I used to listen to it like nonstop put it on repeat and listen to it constantly but you move on eventually but it's an amazing cd and i had to get it out there and we will be coming back tonight with some day don't you worry fair enough but Let's have you talk to us about your pick for the week <laughs> and give your love of it a little shot before I give you my review of it. So Guar, uh, 
if for those who don't know is one it's like one of the top five most underrated bands off the east coast you know with dfd and a lot of different others being on that list as well but like they had this gimmick they knew they couldn't play their instruments very well but they created a gimmick where they were aliens that were kicked out of their universe and frozen antarctica until their manager named sleazy p martini went on this expedition to antarctica and like found them and in exchange for teaching them uh, teaching him how to live forever he promised to you know manage their group and help them take over the world and destroy humanity so like before all their concerts, they would have a giant Titantron with a timer that says time until death and it would count it down. And it was just basically a countdown to the beginning of the Guar show. It would play over like, you know, the openers and all types of shit. Like you could just see this thing counting down. And on the album that I had you listen to, uh, the opening track, uh, it what I love the most, like that's what caught my attention about that specific album in the first place is that it's it's not even a part of the actual song, it's literally him you know at fucking in Japan at the foot of Mount Fuji going, this isn't a rock and roll show, this is a war, and then they start playing the fucking song. I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking awesome. I, I did have, lo- I did love the opening of the CEB and like that. That was amazing. But and it's not even like a part of the song. Like uh and it's and it's funny too because like I just realized that like two at least two, if not three, most of my most of my top five from the live album are usually both on similar albums, like uh two of them are on the same album that i can pick up off of one uh two other ones i think are on the same but i'm probably wrong about that but like for real i like i've loved guar for a long ass time and they would always like hose people down with fake blood and fake alien blood but it was like watercolor or it was food colored water so people could get, stay cool in the mosh pit and, and stay cool in the venue See, they are the metal and St. Clown Posse, but basically they, do, they use water instead of Fago. Exactly. And well, the lead singer had this giant like arm length cod piece. And he as you as you heard on there, there is a there is a song that just before he plays it, he's like, which one of you wants me to come on their face? Oh, we'll, and, get, we'll get into that part. Don't worry about that. You know, me. I actually I actually was in the second row or third row, one of the two. I mean, th- that couple was like very, very short, so they could have easily been in one row and called it one row in general admission. But she was the only chick in the front row and he has this giant cod piece. And like, I know for a fact he's going to hit her with it. And I, it's just literally her, her short ass boyfriend and me. So like it's going off and I'm all like. It's not real. This is not real. It's not real. 
it's not real. This is not real. Ever since the lead singer died, I've had a really hard time leaning into the new singer with the band. It's I don't think it's I don't I think it's lost a lot of quality. That and their guitar player died shortly before their uh, uh, lead singer died. So like those two members dying like that really fucking took a hit on the group, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I for me, it's the love of the fucking gimmick. I love their gimmick. Like they were on Jerry Springer once and he even asked them and they're like, why do you guys do what you do? And he the, and Odorous Yerungus, the name of the lead singer, he was like, we do this because we knew that we couldn't do anything else. We can't play our instruments. We just do these things. Which is a lie because their instrument playing is not bad. No, it's not, but I mean, he, he was on, I mean, they had Odorous Yerungus as a uh, political analyst on Fox News on that Red Eye show with that, that Guthrie guy or whatever his name is. He was on there all the time, just talking to him and he's just going crazy on new stuff. <clears throat> but they're always talking about, you know, doing crack and they have props. And all this crazy shit, yeah, like they're the they're the they're the metal and Saint Cloud bossy. That's that's the only way I could see them from now on. Yeah, that's the way you could put it. Like when I went and saw them first time was when uh, 08 during Obama's first run, and they brought like Barack Obama and uh, uh, Hillary Clinton and uh, the guy uh, John McCain. Yeah. They had people dressed up in like kind of a costumey thing of those people, and they ripped Hillary's tits off. They ripped Barack Obama's jaw off, and they just like knocked that guy's head off of his body. And it's all like pressurized water, so like they're fucking hosing everybody down with all the fake blood, keeping them cool and stuff like that. And you know, people are bleeding and dying. So you know. That was the gimmick. I should probably shut the fuck up about it now. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious to hear your fucking top five, though, for real. Because you were, I specifically made you listen to this because I remember you saying something about not being able to get into him, and I was like, "Oh yeah, motherfucker, we gonna see about that." Which I did. I did enjoy the CD to some degree. I enjoyed the skits a hundred percent, but. I don't know if it's because it was a live CD or if this is how they always are, but I had a hard ass time trying to hear what they were saying behind the music. Oh, it's the live CD. It's just because of the live CD. So Whenever, if, if you're there, you can clearly hear whatever they're saying. Like, yeah. Um, I mean, unless it was like the chorus, I had a hard time hearing what they were saying. Yeah. And I had, I had up in my car with the window shut, like, all the way. Oh yeah, over. no, that's that's because it was a live album, and they were jamming through it. Like they were jamming hard through it. Like uh, bring back the bomb. Like he <laughs> sang, he sang that song at least a step, uh, at least a half a step, if not a, a full step, too fast. <laughs> All right, that makes sense because I figured it probably was. It probably was. That's why I figured, but it was. Overall, though, a good CD. I rocked out to it. I was headbanging to it. It's a good CD. And the, and the gimmicks are great. Yes. It reminds me of 
Well, let's just say it inspired me to give you the CD I'm going to for next week, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, And I also have another inspiration from it. Well, not an inspiration, but a, a band I think is similar in a way. And really? I'm going to give you them in a couple weeks when I go back to rock. But Okay. You ready for my number? You ready for my top five, though? And oh, I, oh, I'm sure. I do have. We'll start with the honorable mentions because I have three. Okay. Of them. I have three of them. Uh, really? Reganator was an amazing fucking song. <laughs> yeah. Because I like songs that talk about fucked up history. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I like that. I, I like the whole aspect of Reagan is frozen in the bottom of the White House. <laughs> And I did like Immortal Conqueror because it just reminded me of so many classic metal songs. Which I get what you mean when you said like they do different types of genres. Music. Yeah, they yeah. Do. <laughs> I get that. And we're going to get more into that in a, se- a second when I get into my songs. But br- actually, Bring Back the Bomb was the last honorable mention I had. But really? It was actually in my top five originally, but I was like a little over halfway through the album at that point. And then another song replaced it, and I think you'll see why. I think you'll see why. But before you go any further, I gotta tell you, "Bring Back the Bomb" is probably my favorite Guar song. But I do like ever. I do like the skit in the beginning of "Bring Back the Bomb," where oh, they with, ba- with Osama bin Laden, where they yeah. basically, they basically are copying off South Park with the devil and Saddam Hussein have, being in a gay relationship. Right. Yeah, that's valid. Yeah, that's true. I but didn't even think about that. I, I like that they do like the turkey. Like Osama bin Laden, yeah, basically, yeah, and it sounds like a turkey. It doesn't even sound like them doing those noises, like they, like you hear them in like movies. Yeah, the the offensive noises. Yeah, they were very, they were, they were very aware of shit like that. But for me, I actually like the song because of the words. Well, once again, I couldn't hear most of the words. Oh uh, yeah, no, like the first line is Hiroshima, shadow burned in time, Nagasaki, liquid baby melts alive, bloodfish and rubble from sea to dead shore, such a hideous theater of war. But that was the end. Which why? is which is why I welcome you to bring war back in a couple months, maybe, and yeah. give I'll, an I'll a, give find, an actual CD. I'll have to find yeah, like a legit studio album, dude. For real though, like. All like so many lines, like when they tested the A bomb, they had a real fear. The blast would destroy your sweet atmosphere, but far more important as power increasing was placing the planet in well or pieces. I heard that part. That part and then uh and while we're at it, let's go new to nuke let's go nuke Tibet, let's vaporize the oceans with glee, saving the whales and uh, a venture for some, nuking them sits sits well with me. I heard all that in the song actually, except like the first line of that. But yeah. I heard I heard the ocean and the whales part 100. But uh, fucking that part was always my favorite but, part of the song. But like I sorry, said, sorry, sorry, your turn. It's this is your turn. This it's all good. Turn. It's all good. But so yeah, bring back the bomb was your last honorable mention. It was, and it was like I said, it was my top five until I put in a different number three, and you'll see. Interesting. And I moved what was in number three and four down at that point, actually. But my number five is Horror of the Egg. Okay. Because, like I said, I love bagpipes. Oh, yeah. And I love that it was like a song about like a Irish legend or something like that. Which it's just, 
it was a good song and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the intro to it. I enjoyed the bagpipes and then I enjoyed the actual song because it had like a hardcore Dropkick Murphy sound to it almost. You're right. You, you are correct. I actually didn't even think about that song when I was picking my top five, mostly because like I had a bias towards my top five that I have collected over the years. Obviously, same as I did with Nightwish, but for sure. But number four was Ham on the Bone. Because I think that song is just funny. <laughs> yeah. And I like at the end how the girl comes in and it's just like, my pussy is so wet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, that, that, that song was so fucking good. And like, I did like that. I, I did like that song. That's But it, that was originally my number three. And Heart of the Egg was originally my number four. My number three, which pushed them all down, is "Sick of You." Oh yeah, yeah. They always end ever. They always ended all their shows with "Sick of You." Remind me, what skit opened that one up again? Because I can't recall off the top of my head. But I mean, that song was just good, and it was—it's a funny song. It reminds me of it like, is funny. Yeah, yeah. Your toes—they smell. Your feet—they stink. You never take a bath. Exactly. Oh, that is that one. Yeah, it's not the last song. The last song is Bile Driver. But oh, right, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. But you're right. But it's the one you were talking about earlier, where he starts with, "How many of you want me to come in your face?" Yeah, and that right there had me dying laughing, and like it's something I would say like at a party or something. Right. It's something like I say to my wife all the time, like, "How bad do you want me to come in your face, boo boo?" (laughs) <laughs> but I and I guarantee you I was like was Chancey at the Mount Fuji concert because is he the guy in the front saying yeah yeah <laughs> no I was not in the Mount Fuji concert because I had my own concert experience with that fucking god piece and it was semi-traumatic like I was like like i had to keep telling myself like this isn't real it's sick it's not real it's not real it's not real because like the dude is just stoked i'm just like dude we're fucking sticky this isn't the water it's not the blood like we gotta wait for them to come around like thankfully one of the slaves actually saw me like yelling at this dude and hosed us down like in the next song when they first started running the blood gun i'm like thank you yeah imagine if it's just all all of uh odorous has come from like the last five weeks yeah for sure right that'd have been awful (laughs) but yeah, I mean, the way they start that song, I fucking love it. And that's why it pushed everything else down. I put in number three and um, Bring Back the Bomb disappeared at that point because of that. But Understandable. Understandable. Number two is Have You Seen Me? Uh, okay, so now far you've got, so far you've got two songs that are on my list as well. Which Have You Seen Me is, it reminds me it's, of something. It's their jazz song. If you look it up, like to the uh, like to the album version, it's a jazz song. Right. It's when they announce it's a live album. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, they, <laughs> he he opens with the he opens with that. And he does the whole I want you to go outside and pay again, and everybody's just like, and they do the cricket sound. It's just like what? But it's just yeah. it's so funny because it's like nobody nobody would act ask their customers or their freaking uh lovers to go pay again to come in that see them like it's just it's so funny because it just shows how like good they are going on the skit right and i love that song like it's just an amazing fucking song mommies i've been stealing your babies i gag bratlin maybe i'll suck out his brain yeah i did that's what that's why i liked it too because it's it's one of the few songs where i could hear every word oh yeah yeah that's one of the reasons i liked it too and it was just a very good song and you may guess my number one pick is though because i did share it in our bracket bastards group chat earlier today because harvey had to hear it and really it is crush kill destroy because oh yeah 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 it's only Kill, destroy. <laughs> Which is yeah, I love that it's only a minute and a half long. I love yeah. that I love that the whole beginning is blanket, blanket, blanket. Yeah. yeah, dude. And I like and I'm like, they say this man is human, but we have our doubts. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you? But I love how they open it and I love that the whole song has the Michael Jackson voice like throughout the like right. course. And I love that they yeah. end it I love how they end it with he jokes off kids as house. Right. Like it was just that's why I sent it to Harvey because I'm like Harvey loves Michael Jackson. Like I have to send this to him. Like it will fuck with him so bad. Oh, I wondered why too. I was like, oh no. Oh well I mean he, <laughs> in our two thousands bracket he put in Michael Jackson's butterflies. Which mm. since this episode will release a day before that, but since I'm not that worried about it, I actually, and I don't know if it got edited out or not, but I said at the end of that, when I got done voting for against that Michael Jackson song, even though it was a good song, but there's just a better song against it. I don't remember which, but I said at the end of it, I'm like, well, I'm sure all the kids at Neverland Ranch had butterflies in their stomach when Michael Jackson came around. Ah, that'd be great, dude. He better not cut that out. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, he better not cut it out, but it's just, I'm, and I'm thinking about. I might have even said it, but I'm like, that's something Chancey would say. Fuck yeah, it would have been something. I would have, I would, <laughs> I'd have been like, they had more than butterflies in their stomach when Michael Jackson came there. Like I'd have went, well, you know me, I go, I go too I, far I, on I, purpose. I would have went that far if Harvey was in it, but Harvey wasn't in this last week, so the weeks before, so I. Didn't want to go too far without him in there. Uh, it, yeah. I, you got to get his of uh, his. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you have you have to get that from him because that's the like everybody I talk to about the podcast says that they listens to it says they love that they love his reactions and how animated he is about his reactions to things. That's funny, especially to Q. But <laughs> I mean, to mine too sometimes. And like usually with me, it's just the wow. Yeah, right. Which I die for the wows. I love the wows, but so those are my top five for Guar, which the whole CD was overall enjoyable. I rocked that to it for a good hour, but oh, for sure. It just, I want to hear some of their albums now where you guess we, if you can hear what they're saying in the albums, I definitely want to hear them. Yeah, dude, for real. 
So for my top five, I'm going to go, you know, straight from favorite, you know, most favorite to least favorite. All right. So obviously, number one, bring back the bomb. Hands down. I understand. Specifically for the the lyrics, just the lyrics in and of themselves. Like when I first heard the song, I I listened to it like four times in a row just to make sure I was like hearing it correctly. Like, huh? Oh, my God. What the fuck's going on? Honestly, it reminded me of System of a Down's Boom. Kind of. Kind of. And their BYOB. Like it was like those two combined combined to one song. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. I do have to say, I changed my mind. There is one honorable mention, but it's not even on a song from that album. Well, then don't bring it up. Wait till that album comes up. I I, can't, I don't know which album it was on, but it's a Guar song. Google exists, but go on. All right, fair enough. I'll read my five then. Uh, number two was Crostica. I did like that song, but it just... It, I couldn't hear what they're saying besides cross sticker. Oh yeah, well it's it's uh, it goes, it goes it says uh, the cross sticker or it goes what did it what how did it start? It was like uh, it goes the swastika and the bloody old cross, two great hates <coughs> that hate great together, and that's that was the chorus basically. Oh, I do like that, but and then my number three was "Have You Seen Me?" Yep, that's a that's that. I already said that's a great song. Fuck yeah, for sure. Number four <sighs> was sick was uh, "Sick of You." Yep. And then for me, my number five was uh, I want to say it was the opening track to the album, uh, the Salamanizer. I did like that song, but just it was a good way to open the album. But I just, it couldn't make my top five. There's no way in hell. So, and... After this story, it might change your mind as to why it should have been on your top five. So I, in my first concert that I went and saw these guys at, uh, it was a very, it was a small venue, but it was like the size of the venue wasn't small. There just wasn't that many people there. Is it was a venue that could hold like fifteen hundred people, but like only like three or four people, three or four hundred people showed up, and uh, <laughs> they start with you know they start doing the salamanizer, and he stops like like four measures in. He's like, no, 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 this will not happen. I will not go any further into this concert until I've had a dead baby. Bring out the dead baby. And they bring out this doll. And it's all rigged up and gelatin. Like it's got its thing. And he fucking tears like easy eating it. And he tears it in half. And he's got these shoulder spikes. Like he's got shoulder pads with swords on top of them. And he puts one half of the baby on one shoulder and one half of the baby on another shoulder. And there's a section of that song when he's all like, you know what I'm talking about? I believe so, yeah. Every time he did that, he would kind of bob a little bit so that way the baby's arm would be (laughs) So this dead baby on his arm is rocking out to the song that he is jamming out to. 
And then he instantly, you know, insists on crack and they bring out this giant like plaster ball of crack. And it literally has in magic marker marker crack written on the side of it. Oh, that band. They, they like I haven't seen like I said, I haven't seen them since the lead singer died. I I, I just wish that they could like I wanna I wanna start a fucking cover band because I'm not I'm not terrible at doing the odorous's voice, but like you know, I if I practice I could definitely hit it. But uh that shit's just fucking epic. It it's gotta just stay going. It it does. I mean, and I do I do look forward to hearing other albums of theirs. And that's I did forget this though. On Ham Off the Bone, the reason I like it because it, it starts off being confronted like this woman from court TV I never heard of before. And it's just like, her pussy is cottage cheese. <laughs> and like, it reminds me of Twisted's uh, like tracks they would do that were jokes about Jenny's a fat bitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the whole Jenny jokes. And like, it reminds me of like the male version of that, which I love. Like and that's 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 how Ham Off the Bone started. And that's part of the reason I love that song. I just I totally forgot about that until a few seconds ago. But and like the I'm whole a, uh, the whole skit is If I think I think what I might do is I might Google their discography, and then have you start like I'll find the first one and then have you start from there and then go from there. Well, like definitely save it for a couple months because we need to have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh no, I dude, you're not. You're, there's no way you would ever guess the the album I have for you this week. Like, I could give you a half a dozen guesses, and you still probably need at least a dozen more. Oh, it's the same way, buddy. It's the same way. That's why this show will last for a long, 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 long time. Unlike some people say, because we have such diverse musical tastes that do intersect at some points, but we the more they intersect, we don't even go fully into that intersection. You heard it here, folks. Guar versus Nightwish. I don't think anybody ever saw those two going into a podcast together, but we just did it, and I believe we rocked it. Could you imagine the love children that they would made if they would have gotten together and made babies? Yes, I can, and we'll get into them in a couple weeks. <laughs> but I for next week, because we do try to switch back and forth between genres, and I will not break my own rule unless I really feel it's necessary for a guest or something. Wink, wink. But I am going to throw at you Psychopathic Records presents Psychopathics from Outer Space. Okay. I'm excited to give that one a shot. Which is a compilation CD that Insane Clown Posse did with every artist that was on their label at the time. That's kind of what I was thinking it was going to be, and I'm kind of I'm a fan of ICP anyway, so like yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm and curious because you gave me a CD this week that is like one big skit the whole time. That's what Psychopathic from Outer Space is is it's basically aliens coming to Earth trying to decide whether it's worth saving or not. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> so I give you that for next week, and now what is your glorious pick? I cannot wait to hear. It is. The one, the only soundtrack to the 1989 Tim Burton film, Batman. And all songs 
by are Prince. written by one artist, formerly known, always known, always recognized, will forever be Prince. Okay, if, if Harvey hears this, you're going to give him a boner, but... But, no, yeah. he and I, like, he called out about how, like, he was talking about it at one time in the group chat about how, like, how did you not know about, you know, this? And it was like, I was like, I, oh, I in cap, I was like, I fucking love this album. Yeah, well, I almost want to say you should have saved it for when Harvey's on the show, but. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I could, theoretically. Yeah, yeah, Theori- well, no, the- theoretically, I still could. I ha- still could. I have other plans for Mr. Laguerre. Well, I mean, you could you could institute your plans. Well, wait, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You well, have to tell me on some type of non-recorded line. Exactly, exactly. Because I don't. Because that's like I'm curious now. But anyway, I, I do have plans for Mr. Laguerre and Mr. Fisher somewhat, but we'll get into that. Because I think we listeners, I think in another, maybe after next week's episode, even it will be discussed. That maybe after three episodes, it's time to start bringing guests in, I think. We'll see, though. We will discuss it off a recorded line, and we will come to a decision and announce it next week. Yeah. Yeah. What he said. But I will say tonight, listeners, thank you for listening to the show. And you know what you got to look forward to next week. Psychopathic Records versus the artist formerly known as Prince. That will always be known as Prince, sir. Always. RIP to him. But these matchups will continue to get weirder and weirder and weirder, even when we get into three ways. I'm sure. (laughs) But as you know, you can find both of us on Bracket Bastards. Maybe not in the same week always, but You'll find both of us on Bracket Bastards at different points. And you can also find out my other podcast, Paranormal The New Normal, which releases every Saturday. And we just had an amazing eighth episode that will be out a day after this show, where let's just say it's full of surprises and everybody should give it a listen to if they listen to this. All eight of you. But... Oh, hey, we fucking love all eight of you, motherfuckers. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But... If y'all tell two of your friends and tell two of their friends, tell two of their friends, we'll take over the world before you know it. And I do also have a fourth podcast starting that will release the same day as this episode called TBA with fellow bastard Freddie Fisher, the head bastard himself, and Sabrina Malchowski, or Sabrina Schultz from Train Ride. The three of us are starting a show, and they will be releasing on Fridays as well. Because I don't have to edit them. So. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I did, that wouldn't be the case. But, Chancy, where can they find you in your non-social living? Uh, basically, I, I'm, I'm, all fa- I'm Facebook bound. I, I made a promise. I was trying to talk to everybody earlier about, like, having, like, put it up to a vote somewhere. Like if if the people that used to listen to me back on the old show or other people, you know, vote it so that it's not me violating the terms of my own, like, you know, I gave my word that I wasn't going to do it. Like I refuse to do it. 
But if, you know, if like if enough people vote and say I should do it, then I'll expand my social media. I mean, that's fine. I don't give I, I don't care about that. Hell, I'd probably wouldn't even be on half the time anyway, but you know. Well, once we get a couple hundred listeners, then maybe we can actually run a poll or something. You yeah. got but you gotta find a way to reach out on Facebook to your old followers. That's valid. That's also valid. So if you can reach out to them and get them and listen to this great show, then maybe we can run a poll someday on a the eventual Facebook page for this podcast. Which I will not well, start. I will not start until we have about fifty listeners because it's just no point. Yeah, well, you know, I, honestly, I uh, we'd know definitely if them old if them felt if them old followers came back because they'd just be like, you, you get this. Oh, you get this random dude from China and then two random dudes from some California like natural reserve thing. Well, start trying to post it out there so they see it. And maybe if there's a way, there's a will. <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Everywhere. Make sure there's plenty of mops. With the big copies. <laughs> and that, folks, is how we're going to end this week's show. Because that's the perfect way to end it. So Yes, yes, it was. We are the Maniacal Music Musers. And we will see you next week with Psychopathic Records Presents Psychopath, psychopath from outer space versus the Batman 1989 movie soundtrack with all tracks written by Prince or the artist formerly known as Prince. And what episode that's going to be. We will see you next week, listeners. Have a good one. See ya.